Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you and it won't take up too much of your time. As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Gotham Podcast Studio, Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca. Brian's finally settling into his seat. I had to get my water. Yeah. You saw me try to reach. My I arms are short. Yeah, so too I, short. You know what I'm saying? Too short to reach for the water. Yeah. Uh, it's Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca. <laughs> Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 69. We're here. A lot has been going on in the world of sports, news, weather. It's kind of been a pretty crazy week with everything going on yeah been... dirty jokes because we're on the 69th episode holla oh please look at the immaturity just showing milestone yo it's a milestone yeah okay 69 episodes okay a lot of people don't get this far that's true yeah a lot of people don't get this far yeah but we're that, here that that yeah that was that's that's what i was going for yeah i see i see i see, I see yeah i see I see, I see what you're doing uh how you doing man good uh i'm good i'm good um yeah, a lot has been going on in terms of uh, Le'Veon Bell, yeah. well, Le'Veon Russell Bell, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, Odell Beckham, life, yes, just life in general. You know, and you know what I've been <laughs> learning. You know what I've learned from sports this week that too many people are pro owner. Yes, and player they, people don't respect players. People don't respect people don't players. respect players in minority driven sports. Yes, they don't. Yes, and let uh, we you know we kick this off with let's kick this off with Russell Westbrook. Yes. This Russell, is a perfect story. Russell Westbrook, who I will undoubtedly say, I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. I know you're not the biggest Russell Westbrook I'm, I, fan. His game. I like his intensity. I like that he wants to fight people because I can relate to that on some level. Because <laughs> you love violence. And I enjoy that he barked back at fans when they really crossed the line. Yeah. And, yeah, although I you know, I wish he was a more efficient three-point shooter and took less shots. But, then, you know, that's, 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 just, that's just a basketball thing. Yeah. There's none, you know. Well, here's the thing. This for people don't know in Utah, which has been problematic. Which I know Brian's. When I saw this happen, I said Brian's a person who's going to be like, "Yo, I'm not shocked that this happened in Utah." Bro, I was tweeting about that. I was like, I lit li- before it came out. Before it came out, and we just saw the video. I was like, I guarantee you, because as a New Yorker, as a New Yorker, when somebody says on everything I love, yep. and then yep. I'll fuck you up, they yep. mean that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yo, there's no, there's no, there's no. When people say. Yo, word to my mother. Yes. Or everything I love. Yes. Yo, that, when someone I hear somebody say that, like you could, I could be anywhere. I could be in the subway. And someone say, "Yo, word to my mother." If I'm I hear, I'm looking dude. the other way, I'm like, and I'm Yo. like, "Oh boy, I'm getting home." I'm, like, I'm like, "This is <laughs> this." Person, I don't want to be here when this pops off. This person, whatever they're about to do, they are about it. Like they're not playing. They're yeah. really gonna be about it. So I was just like, you saw the clip in the video, and as soon as I heard Russell Westbrook said that, I was like, "Ooh." Mm-hmm. Somebody... I was like, that person earned it because Russell Russell Westbrook. Like, he seems cool. Like, I get it. Like, he, you know, he has, 
media moments where he, you know, tries to go silent. Or he could be short with the media. You know what I mean? Things like that. But he seems cool. Like, I don't think he, that makes him a jerk. People boo him in every arena he goes. He's fine with that. That's, you know, you're on the road. You're sort of polarizing because of your style of play and your intensity and things like that. But you can tell when certain people cross the line, he's going to bark back at you in that and way. I like that. Yeah, I, I like that. I agree. So, couple of things here. If This just goes to anybody in any job. And I would like to state this first. Most people at their jobs don't have to deal with people yelling at them or saying wild <laughs> things to them or coming up in the face. Wait, imagine being in a newsroom. Forget- <laughs> Somebody comes to gets off the elevator. You suck. Yeah. But, <laughs> and it's just- <laughs> but hey, here's the thing. At your desk. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. As a journalist that has been on camera and worked down the field, I actually have to experience that sometimes. I have experienced that sometimes. Mm. I've had people yell, Hey, News 12, you suck. Yeah, yeah. I've had people yell worse things. I've had people try to come up in live shots. I had a woman once, this is a true story, mm. and my former coworkers, News 12, some people saw this. I was about to do a live shot. I don't know if I told you the story. Mm. I was about to do a live shot in the Bronx, outside of Yankee Stadium. This was the day Alex Rodriguez was playing his last game at Yankee Stadium. I had seven live shots to do that day. It is a hot day. The newly engaged Alex Rodriguez. Yes. 95 degree day. Alex Rodriguez. Outside the stadium. Last, I think it was next last live shot I'm about to do. Mm. Like 9, 10 o'clock, something like that. I'm standing I'm getting ready. My photographer Nigel's there with me. And this woman comes up. She's clearly drunk. <laughs> oh, much older woman. She's probably about 50. Clearly drunk. And she just starts talking about how handsome she thinks I am. And then how her friend should get her daughter to get connected with my photographer, Nigel. And this woman, at one point, comes up. I am literally about to go on air live in three minutes. Comes up behind me, starts feeling on my chest and my shoulders. Literally rubbed up on me. Yes. Yes. Right before I'm going live. And all my producers, I can hear them through my IFB. That's a little earpiece you have me Yeah, there. yeah. And I can hear them laughing. They are <laughs> dying. They are dying. That would be I me. basically got... Physically accosted and assaulted by this woman, and what his thing? I mean, it's kind of messed up that because you're a guy, it's a little funny. But if you were a woman, obviously, you know. No, and I want to be clear that my not uh, that it's okay either way. My female colleagues that report and do stuff on camera have to stand out. They deal with a lot worse. I don't even want to compare. Have you ever seen the Quentin Rampage Jackson video? No. Oh boy. They deal with a lot worse. But people will come and try to test you. Yeah. Sometimes the way the players do. So I sometimes can relate to the players in that way. I'm going to send you that video. I'm it's not, very uncomfortable. I'm not here for that. And if somebody said something wrong to me, anything that was racial, anything that's talking about my family, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to get the smoke, okay? Yeah. You're going to get the smoke. We're not here for that. And Russell Westbrook wasn't here for that, all right? So this, for people who don't know, Russell Westbrook's playing it. Utah, you're sending me this video. Russell Westbrook playing. I, I, cr- I cringe a little because it's on his funniest moments, a compilation, and he actually is a funny dude, but that wasn't funny. This at sounds all. like it wasn't funny at all. No. Uh, I'm gonna take, I'm, you, you, should, should I take a look at this? Not now. Not now. Okay. After the podcast. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, Russell Westbrook, if you don't know, was uh, playing this game, Utah, as Brian mentioned, and apparently the video came out that somebody shot that was out on Twitter was you hear Russell Westbrook saying, word to everything, I'll. Yeah. Bleep you up. Yeah. I will uh, bleep your wa- you and your wife up. So it was yeah. a guy and his wife. And some people that triggered some people, obviously, because he threw in the wife part. Here's the thing. Let, 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 before we get to that, because that's problematic to some degree, and I will get to that. Although I've heard. Although others, I think she earned it. 
which was a point somebody else made to me. And like people are not going to like what you said there. I know, but I'm but going to say this. Here's what. Here's let's talk about what is allegedly. I have happened. no. I have no reason to think that she's not a like like his, like her husband, and her husband I have, has a highly problematic past. I have no reason to think that Russell Westbrook and also Patrick Patterson, who said he heard what went on, and he Raymond, was right next to, him. and Raymond Felton, um, that. Both of they both said that both people said what Russell Westbrook said to him. What was said allegedly was that this guy said, "Get on your knees like you're like you used to." And the key word that I tweeted about, no, the key phrase was "Go back where you came from." Which, as yes. we know, if you tell that to a black person, you're talking about Africa, right? And you're talking about you know those times and things like that, right? And if you tell that to a Latino, you're talking about Mexico, right? And that's those are both highly problematic. Trust right. me. And like, Russell Westbrook took offense with that. And Russell Westbrook has said that both people said this to him. Right. Mm-hmm. So then this may give some context to why he said both of y'all can get it. The man. Now, a lot of people had problems with the fact that he said something uh, also to the woman. Right. Here's the thing. The NBA can't have a player threatening a fan. They don't want that. It looks bad for business. I understand that. Also, I also understand where Russell Westbrook is coming from. If you're getting this all the time where fans, and he's complained about Utah in the past before. This isn't new. He's complained about the fans specifically there saying stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw a video today where somebody posted from last year in the playoffs where a fan referred to him as, come on, boy. Come on, boy. And Russell Westbrook was like, what are you doing? And he called security over and asked for that fan to be ejected, as he should have been ejected. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Russell Westbrook's a grown-ass man. Every time you think he wants to go and call security, every every single time, right. this is why these people mess with you in these situations. This is why they mess with the reporters because they know you're vulnerable. They know you're about to do a live shot. That you can't you can't really do anything in that situation. You're a player. There's only so much that you can they do. They want to push you as much as they could. Why do, why do we act like the fans that we're okay with the fans doing this? I hate that's why I hate the phrase the customer's always right. Yeah, yeah and that applies that here. So much. The fans not always right. They rarely ever are. But the, that's a whole other story. But we encourage this with the fans. Right. To be it's obnoxious. Like, some people think, too many people think, that if you pay for a ticket, you're entitled to do whatever yep. you want. Yep. And that includes hurl racial slurs at the players because they can't do anything. At least they think so. So they, that feeling of invincibility is why people on social media are enabled to tell people, you know, whatever. They, you know, the same thing that Russell Westbrook was told there, people are tweeting that at him probably, you know, every day. Right. But it's, a, but it's social media, so they feel like, oh, what's he going to do, come to my house and do something about it? And so the point that you're making too, right, is that this man who did this, who then it got uncovered, he has a very problematic past in terms of racism and Maga misogyny tweets. and all these tweets, right? Checked all the boxes. Checked all the boxes. And I'm going to be real. I'm not the person that's really, like, gets into, like, super stereotypical. But when I saw dude do the TV interview and I looked at him, I was like, but no, so- he kind of looks like that kind of dude that would say that. To call Pusha T if you know you know. Yeah. He looked like the kind of dude that would say that. Now, people are also going to try to say, oh, well, man, it was Utah. Here's the thing, man. I've been in a lot of arenas just like you have, and I've heard some problematic stuff. Mm-hmm. I will never forget. This is the worst thing I ever heard somebody say to a player. I was standing in 2011. The Knicks, I think, had just made it back to the playoffs. This is one of these great Nick years. You know, my, my, my homie is sitting here watching and knows about these great Nick years. And um, the Knicks were playing the Celtics in the first round. They And I was there for game three at the Garden. 
And game three to go, I'm standing, getting some video, and I'm on the floor. This is for warm-ups. Rajon Rondo is shooting. Mm. Shooting jumpers, 17-foot jumpers from the corner, shooting them. This dude starts heckling him. Hey, Rajon, you suck. So I'm first, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Hey, Rajon, yo, bleep your moms. Bleep this. Mm. And Rajon just stopped, turned and was like, yo, what? And looked at him. And it, I didn't, I was kind of ignoring it because I was just shooting. But then I looked at the dude, and here was the worst part about it. This was a grown-ass man. The worst part of it was. Did he have a backwards hat on? No. Okay. No. That was yeah. even the worst part. The worst part of it is he had two young kids next to him. Oh. While he was doing this. Oh. There were two kids, maybe like six and four. And he was cursing and saying obscenities to Rajon Rondo and talking about his moms. And Rajon Rondo turned around and was like, really, bro? In front of your kids? Look, man, because you know what happens? Those kids grow up, and those kids are the dudes you see on Barstool Sports. They're frat <laughs> oh. boys. They're, they're, you know, hat backwards and jerseys over the hoodie, and they're always partying, and they always have a red cup in their hands, and then they're, you know, insulting fans at the sporting events and games, and they think that they could get away Some with everything. Some of y'all like that. Barstool's whack. You know Barstool's what I'm saying? Like, they grow up and be those guys. They yep. grow up and be frat boys who get drunk all the time and think that they can do whatever they want all the time. And it, and it, and this goes on. And I don't, know how that sounds, but whatever. I don't care how it sounds. That's what it is. That's Black. exactly what it is. That's yeah. What do you think should be done about the players being protected at these games or the fans that cross the line and do things like this? I think. Well, first of all, I like that Utah banned him. I don't know if they banned his wife, but they probably should have also. It, I think it was just him. Yeah, they that's kind of interesting. Um, so if she's back in there, then they're going to have a problem. But, you know, it's like Russell Westbrook sort of said this afterwards. I think it was him that the players need to be protected. I feel like Adam Silver is obviously going to listen to this. I think that he already or somebody already in the NBA, like they're trying to get teams to sort of look out for this stuff more and, you know, push civility and push good behavior and things like that. We'll see if people actually listen. But. This is not the first time this happened to Russell Westbrook, and I guarantee you this is not the first time that happens. This is not the last time it's probably going to happen to certain players in the league either. I think it was Matt Barnes that actually said, I told y'all that Utah's fans are the most racist in the NBA. Something like that he tweeted on Twitter. Hmm. Yeah, so this is a thing. Look, I think that Russell – look, nobody needs to see Malice at the Palace again. Nobody wants to see players run up in the stands and beating up fans because what I can tell you is – the reason it's the same thing. The reason, just like people on Twitter who could talk all this stuff and say all these inappropriate things. We talked about this when Kim, Kim Martin was up here and people tweeting inappropriate stuff for her and all this other crazy stuff. Yeah, but if they saw her in the street, they're not going to keep that same energy. That's the thing. Not everybody's above an ass whooping. Like, <laughs> nah, honestly. I agree. Like, I agree. The only problem is in, with an NBA in a place of business, you can't have your players going out and delivering those ass whoopings. Yeah, That's but, the problem. But here's the thing. Sometimes you kind of need players to let fans know, like, it won't get there. It might not, but it could. And I, I like, think I think that's what Russell I think Westbrook that's what Russell Westbrook was, was trying doing. to convey, just in a much more explicit way. Right. When he when even when he mentioned the wife, he's not Russell Westbrook's not going to do anything to her physically, obviously, right. and probably not to and him either. Right. But he's letting him know he needs to let yeah. you know, like, yo, this can get serious. Yeah, you you wouldn't cross that line with me if you wasn't here. And there's some kind of empowerment that you were saying about the customers always right. The fans feel empowered because they have a ticket and they don't think they're going to kicked out, so they can yell whatever they want to do uh, to these things. And sometimes I'm also wondering in some of these crowds, like, 
who are the other people around this? <laughs> like, because I remember the thing about the Rajon Rondo thing. There were other people standing there as I was there. Nobody turned to this dude and was like, yo, knock, knock this off. I mean, well, what you, are you, doing? you know that in New York, people just try their absolute best to mind their business. Not that that's an excuse, but you know people are sort of kind of prone to ignore those things in there this comes, city. There comes moments but I know where, what like, you, you mean. Can't ignore, I, you can't mind your business. 100%. Like, you, you got to say when something is wrong around you or somebody's doing something wrong around you. What ended up event. happening with that, by the way? After he said in front of your kids. Yo, dude. Like, dude did he stop? Dude stopped because he was clearly embarrassed. Cause like Rondo, <laughs> he got red-faced. Because, yeah, Rondo, Rondo embarrassed him in the terms like, really, bro, in front of your kids? And everybody was like, now everybody's looking at him and everybody's just shaking their head at the guy. And out of shame. That was game three? Game three. I wonder if Rondo had a good game. He, Let me check that he out. Sa- he just sauntered off with his kids. And I was really just like, damn, he did this in front of his kids. And did not care. Yo, but and now what if the kid was at the game and is like yelling at obscenities to Rondo? But that's what I'm saying. That's what happens. Because then they, look, you're a kid. You're impressionable. You see adults do stuff like that. You're going to do it. Yo, I'll you're say gonna go ahead the time, everybody shouldn't be having kids. That man needs to be having no kids. <laughs> that's Yeah. Like he didn't need to be having kids. We talked about all the, these problematic parents and all this stuff you're doing. Like he's the kind of, he's the kind of father that his kid gets abducted in plain sight. Oh, Wow. All righty then. <laughs> yeah, do, because those people shouldn't be having kids. Simple as that. Rondo Rondo, Rondo in that game, by the way, 15 points, 20 assists, 11 rebounds. See what you did? He egged him on. See what you did? Egged him on. No, Nick, the Knicks weren't good enough. I mean, I don't, I don't they think. They won by 17 points. That was their biggest blowout win in the series. Boston. Yeah, the, other, the first two games were really close. Yeah, I remember. I remember that series. Yeah. I remember that series pretty well. Knicks got swept, though. Yeah, and then the next year, they got them back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I, 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 that's I, talking to the Knicks is to take it to the Knicks, took it through a, to a whole new level. Hashtag just justice for Russ. <laughs> but hey, look, there, there are people. There are some people that are are coming at. And the reason why I say there's not a care for players, you do, or you, you're hating the players, the people who are coming for Russ. I'm not saying that the way Russ reacted to it was necessarily the most. No, it wasn't. The, way. No, it wasn't the perfect way. But like, look, his emotions are. But at the same know? at the same time, I also have to question it. Maybe if he didn't react that way, maybe it wouldn't have got the attention that it deserved or needed to get via social media. Sometimes True. an outburst can actually be powerful. I'm not saying it was necessarily the best thing to do, but it also maybe has woken people up about this, and maybe some other people will now start to say, yo, this isn't right I, I just this, this stuff is happening. I, gener- I generally think fans just like, I mean, look, they go to games, they sit and watch and things like that, and they watch the players. I, I genuinely think that fans just do too much sometimes, just in terms of things that they yell, certain chants and insults that players like, I get it, it's a spectacle, it's a sporting event, but we lose sight, and we're going to get a little bit into this too with other athletes, but we lose sight of athletes are people too. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, they're people, they have emotions, they get criticized for everything they do, especially if you're somebody like Russell Westbrook, and you know, I think fans need to just overall just relax. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become 
a patron today. Twitter was in an uproar and many people in an uproar because there was a very shocking NFL trade oh that boy. happened this week in Odell Beckham Jr. And um, I'm hoping at the end of this month we'll get to diving a little bit more into uh, some things around that with some other guests. Mm. Uh, and I'm hoping so that we'll maybe be able to shine some light on some things. I also hope that um, before the season starts that Naomi's back in New York. Because we gotta, we gotta talk to her. Speaking of that, she, she texted me after she texted me. She's so, she's so distraught. And she was so distraught, and oh. I didn't even think about her because she was like, she was like, Dax, I know. She was like, she was. Basically, she said to me, she knew that after the sit down interview he did with Josina Anderson, she said from then she felt he was gone. I feel like she legitimately cried. She I feel, probably. Did. I feel like she probably. You think did. she'll admit that on on camera? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. I thought so. She bought it. <laughs> now. I was a little shocked by this trade. Mm. And maybe I was shocked because, and I think you'll have a lot to say about this. Mm -hmm. I was shocked because just six days prior to the trade, we heard Giants uh, GM uh, David Gettleman say that they did not extend and sign Odell Beckham Jr. to trade him. And then six days later, they traded him. Uh But some of y'all sports fans out there always want to side with the owners always and, and mad when players aren't loyal but these teams show to not be loyal all the time and this is why i generally feel like it's hard for me to be a fan of teams because of things like this where the player is not supposed to have trust is, trust issues on one point on one standpoint and then you have this terrible transaction this is a stupid trade first it, of all is it, is it is it really that bad of a trade they could have gotten more and also it's just gen what are you doing? You sign Golden Tate to a long-term contract after I this and give him twenty-three million that. guaranteed money. What are that. you actually doing? Like I, from a football standpoint, like I don't look. NFL has its problems. We all know that. Yes. We talked about that here, whatever. But just from a football standpoint, what do you? You got rid of all your best players and kept Eli Manning, who's been washed for three to four years. I, yeah. And 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 you're actually trying to surround him with. Golden Tate on a long-term contract, and what are you doing? Like, if they don't, I, there's rumors now that they might not even draft a quarterback when they yeah, should I, get somebody like Dwayne Haskins. I heard from somebody, um, for people know I used to work for the Giants, but for somebody who was around the team, that they are also not sure, and they think it's very likely that Eli Manning could be brought back and possibly on a restructured deal. My problem is, my problem is, and I want you go to go ahead and do trade. it. Do it but and my, suck. My problem is what you're saying. I think what you're getting to is what are they doing? Are you rebuilding or are you actually still foolishly trying to win now? But even so, it's just hard. It, I don't think that matters because they're not going to win now, regardless of what they do. They're, they're, they're going to suck this year. So then what are you doing? They're, and, get, and they're getting rid of Odell Beckham because, yes. as D'Angelo Williams said in this tweet that I'm pulling up right now, D'Angelo Williams is someone who was in Carolina when Dave Gettleman was. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted out, and I retweeted this. He's like, I tried to tell you Giants fans Dave I was your problem. Tweet. I saw this tweet. But you laughed and called me bitter. Well, because that he got cut from the Giants, and so people thought that he was bitter. But Yeah, but he is somebody who, I mean, look at what they're doing. And now for Odell Beckham, oh, this is beautiful. Baker Mayfield. I'm back with Jarvis Landry. But he lives in Cleveland. Defense is good. Look, they might they look, I think they could win a Super Bowl at some point in the near future. We'll see. Here's, <laughs> here's the thing. I think this is my thoughts on this. I think the Giants 
listened a little bit too much to their fan base on this because oh, I think there's 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 a good segment of their fan base that was anti OBJ. Mm-hmm. There's a good segment. Are you sure they're anti OBJ, or they're just anti um, certain? You know, wide receiver, diva wide receiver. They, 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 and I'm gonna get into this. In like, I get, I get, uh, OJ, OBJ's polarizing, and he's uh, done some things, things I'm like a, that. But he's not, he's not out here getting arrested. No, I don't think. Like first, your kicker, by of, the way. For, yeah, <laughs> who, 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 the owner, who I actually had some respect for, John Mara, tried to defend, and the way they handled that situation is bad. The Giants haven't handled things good in the last couple of years, organizationally, which I don't think they have gotten enough heat for. Why be a Giant fan anymore? Hold on. <laughs> These there are certain organizations. I'm gonna get to the Steelers in a second, and some discussions I had with some idiotic Steeler fans the other day on Facebook. Yes, the the Steelers and the Giants are looked at as these premier organizations that have handled things the right way. <laughs> but recently, they these they've shown not to handle things the right way. And who's taking the blame? The players all the time. Whether it was Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh and Le'Veon Bell or Odell Beckham here now. You agree with me that there's been a segment of Giants fans that didn't like Odell Beckham, or as you were trying to allude to, maybe certain kind of players in the way they were, right? Giant fans and Odell Beckham came under more criticism when he did an interview last season with Josina Anderson. Unbeknownst to a lot of people, until me saying this now, I was in the building for that interview. I was there for that interview. Oh, yeah. I saw the whole thing live. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I saw it went down. Now, some of the things OBGA said, should he probably not have maybe said it because I knew how it was going to play out? Yeah, I wasn't surprised how the media ran with it. Honestly, where he was coming from, do I think personally that he was full-on happy here? Nope. Nope. I don't think that he was. I respect the honesty. And I think a lot of it, yeah, I did respect the honesty. We always say, and this is one thing I had said and talked to to some people, even including like Josina, about was that we – Want athletes to be honest, and then when they're honest, we're upset at them. Okay, I thought in the interview he was honest. I think he do have to sometimes be a little bit more media savvy. When I sat there in the moment, mm, I thought he was. I think that's kind of a media problem, though. I, I I think I think too much too much of the media they just don't cover it in the way that they should. I agree with you. I agree with you, but you know why I don't? I don't even expect that anymore because some of those people, well, those media, are so disconnected. That's, that, yeah, and they can't relate to these, these certain players, and all they do is judge, judge, judge. And I agree, we should and, and we they should criticize the media more. They're disconnected, and they don't try to get connected, which is right. the problem. And when you had a situation where this Odell Beckham was connected with someone like a Josina, who he was able to sit down and speak with, yeah, um, freely and openly, he gets criticized for. It. I'm with you. The media is problematic for that. I am 100% with you. Yeah. Two media members saying the media is problematic. But what I'm not hearing from that segment of Giants uh, fan base, why why y'all ain't mad at Dave Gettleman right now? Because he doesn't seem to be telling y'all a clear plan, and he lied not only to the players. He lied to the team and the fan base about what he's going to do. But but y'all mad because Odo Beckham Jr. was honest about how he wasn't happy or how he didn't think Eli was playing that good? So the man who was honest, oh, he's bad. But the dude who straight up lied to six days, yeah. yo, we're not trading him. Yeah. Then y'all traded him. What? I don't understand it. Again, y'all not loving the players. A new daily fantasy app for prop bets is here, and it's called Thrive Fantasy. Forget the old school way of DFS. Thrive Fantasy has streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. 
That means no more salary cap. You just build your lineup around a list of prop bets. Here's how it works. For each contest, you choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that value if the prop is correct. So for example, if Tom Brady throws for over or under 250 yards, the less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth. You build your team, score around the amount of correct prop bets you select. It's easy to play, so just check out the Thrive Fantasy link in the description of this podcast and get in the game with Thrive Fantasy today. In terms of rocking with the owners, Le'Veon Bell also this week signs deal with the Jets. Are you excited about this, by the way? As a Jet fan, yeah. Well, I actually like Le'Veon Bell a lot. That's Yeah, that's what um, I mean. I am excited because I think if the Jets get two good years out of him for what he, they reportedly gave him guaranteed money, because that's all that matters in the NFL— $35 million guaranteed. Exactly. If they get two years out of him, that good, great years out of him, and he's also come off a year where he didn't play, and so he's a little fresher than he probably would have been had he played, which mm-hmm. I think is a good thing for him, yep. where he was averaging, what, 400 touches between the last two or three years. I think it's a great deal for the Jets. I think it's a good and it's a win for Le'Veon Bell and also a win for players going forward, like we talked about in the previous episode yes. for Antonio Brown. Yes. Now, here's what and I texted you about this the mm-hmm. other day. Yeah. Here's my problem. You have fans out here talking about Le'Veon Bell lost. He only got a $2 million difference between what happened. And these and what I'm hearing, this was from Steeler fans. And I got in some discussions with some Steeler fans who were posting some pretty idiotic stuff. Mm-hmm. The reason it was idiotic was this. What people were missing was the Steelers offered this guy potential, the potential to have $33 million guaranteed. So really, it's not guaranteed. Exactly. He could have got this in incentives with the potential. They offered him... $10 million guaranteed. This was the last offer before training camp of last year, 2018. Do his signing bonus. And Le'Veon Bell was pretty much like, yo, F out of here. I'm not doing that. Look. He didn't take that. The Jets offered him, this is reported, I don't know if it's final, so I want to say this, yeah. reportedly $35 million guaranteed. Yeah. Who are you going to do a deal with, Brian Fonseca? The guy, the team that says to you, hey, here's $35 million straight, or the team that's like, here's 10 that's guaranteed, but you potentially could get 33. Listen, people out there, in the NFL, all that matters is guaranteed money. Yeah, you know, if it's not guaranteed, you're probably not getting it. Yeah, do you want to do you want to sign a contract that talks about the potential money you can get? No, especially if I have issues with their star quarterback that the ownership uh, keeps siding with. Here's what I know about the Pittsburgh Steelers. What have the Pittsburgh Steelers shown you, lady? They don't want to pay their top uh, offensive talent. They have two of the best offensive play, three offensive players in the game. They did not pay them. Both of those dudes weren't happy there. Both of those dudes decided to command their own power. And both of those dudes might be the best two players at their position. Yes. Agreed. And then they left. And now Steeler fans are mad at Le'Veon because he didn't stay. I'm like, what kind of problem is this? So I said, these guys are out there putting their bodies on the line, and they want to get compensated for it because there's risk there, and y'all are mad at them. So this, person- But again, this is rooting for the, the name on the front, not the name on the back. Ah. You know what I mean? So this guy on Facebook says to me, you must. I can tell by what you're saying. You must not be a Steeler fan. We Steeler fans don't mm. like our players to be above the team. Ah, ah. This is this is what I'm talking about. It's like what? This is exactly what I'm talking I, about. I was like, I get rooting for teams, and you know, you're a diehard. You know, you're a Met fan. Whatever, whatever. Who is brainwashing but, with this? But stuff? like, yeah, like relax. All right. Just because you have a terrible towel and you sit at home and watch the team <laughs> doesn't mean that 
you know, things are always going to go your way. And what he's also admitting to there is that the entire fan base has groupthink, so nobody thinks individually. We all think this way. Yeah, we and are this still is, a fan. It's, a, it's like when people say obnoxious things like, we as Americans right. only think a certain way. Because we all, we all think the same. Yeah. Right? Like, no. And I was sitting there like, no, what are you talking it's about? It's a slave owner mentality, man. Yeah, and... and well, I kind of said that so much, and that person didn't like that. Of course, I said. Let me like, what, what, like, give me the description of that person. They were a probably my age black man. That's interesting. Yeah, that's an upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know this. This was a cousin of somebody I went to college with, and I got in discussion with, and he tried to come out and say that the Jets were fools for doing this. And I said, no, the only fools are the Steeler fans who don't understand the difference between potentially fully guaranteed. And fully guaranteed. I need to know more about that person. But you can that's, go, that's you can go read it. He got he got all his feelings and man. I basically said, well, if anybody reads this thread, they can they can go back and see how foolish that you look. And what this person tried to do is send me the well, the person I went to school with. They tried to send me a whole bunch of articles on why Le'Veon Bell lost out in this way. <laughs> and I sent them an article. There was a great article. I'm forgetting who wrote it from USA Today. And I sent it to you. That was an article I sent to you. Okay, yeah. That talked about which I thought made a fantastic point. I'm forgetting the author's name about how he did a great job about talking about how the owners understand the difference that fans will now look at the millionaires being the players as being the ones who are selfish and actually side with the billionaires who are generally exploiting them. And I'm like, how is that okay? How are you not okay with anybody getting money the way that they should? As a journalist, I want to see you get as much as you can. As any of my other friends are journalists, Facts. I want to see you get as much as you can, whether you sign a contract, whether you're a freelancer, whether you're full-time. Why would I not be for that? Everybody, This this country always likes to act like, I said this in the last episode, about labor issues. They like to act like, oh, we're about people getting as much money as they can. Except when the players are playing sports and you're jealous of them playing it and they happen to not look like you. This is why I hate when people say, oh, players should take pay cuts to do certain things when really sports shouldn't have salary caps, which is a whole nother issue. Right. And Pete, you know, those people will say they are, I'm a proud capitalist, <laughs> but you're down for the salary cap. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm a proud capitalist, but Le'Veon Bell um, was trying to control his own future and get what he wanted. Some people are saying, Oh, it's a failure. Cause he didn't get the $45 million that Todd Gurley got. He wasn't going to get 45 million guaranteed because Todd Gurley's younger. Yeah. Right. And here's what, Le'Veon Bell doing what he did sets the precedence for other running backs coming up after him. Sometimes wins are things that people do that are bigger than the moment, like what Kaepernick did, the sacrifices they made. Maybe Le'Veon Bell did lose a couple million dollars. Maybe he didn't get as much as he could have if he had signed a contract a couple years ago. But you know what? He understood his worth and preserving his body, which I think is underrated in this, that people don't actually put into the equation. Mm -hmm. Him sitting out a year and maybe preserving his body and maybe being able to extend so he can get another contract when he's 30 is actually the win here. Yeah, 35 million guarantees is roughly three seasons also, right? That's good money. I don't know how to anybody this is a loss. They're like, well, he could have got 33 from the Steelers. Because they're just thinking about, again, they're just thinking about the team. They just want to see if if it were up to everybody, if it were up to sports fans, they would have they would, you know, uh, Nick fans would have re-signed Porzingis for like minimum wage for the next 10 years right. instead instead of him. You know, what? Uh, where else would y'all be cool with this, though? What other profession would you be That's cool what with I'm, this? They don't think about the, sports. Sports is just different, man. 
people just don't people just don't really relate sports to other things when sports is as much of a reflection of society as anything else. I, but in society, you want people to get paid, and you're all about people getting that bag, except for when it's athletes. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't tell your friends to take a pay cut. But like, what? No. Hey, hey out of here. Hey, you take a pay cut. Here. You now, take a pay now, cut. Now, I understand. I understand. Perhaps taking less money for the right opportunity. If two offers were presented to you, like, oh, maybe this organization is run better. But I can't get my number, but I can still thrive better in this situation as opposed to another place that's giving me more money is right. not going to use my talent correctly. Which happens to people in the everyday that life. Have, yeah. yeah, I could understand that. I mean, we've gone through that professionally to right. some degree. But taking a pay cut or not taking the guaranteed money that's only $10 million when on the back end you know you can get more than that. And you're a running back right? where, look— if he ruptures his Achilles, he's at least, God forbid, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if he ruptures his Achilles, he's, he's straight. Yeah. But Eddie ruptured his Achilles last year. See, that's what the point that people miss out on the argument. What? What yep. if he had ruptured his Achilles last year and signed the franchise tag for $14.5 million? People was like, well, he could have made an extra $14.5 million. But yeah, then he ruptures Achilles. He would have never saw the $33, $35 million that he got reportedly got from the Jets. And that's the risk that he took. And I don't blame him. So now he sat out for a year. He's probably healthier in his prime and got guaranteed money instead of putting it on the line, which he literally does. And this person got mad at me, too, for saying that the NFL players put their bodies on the line. How could you say that? They're not actually over there playing, playing in uh, not playing, but actually engaging in war. And I was like, oh, <laughs> NFL, the sport that uses war analogies all the time. And when I say that they're putting their bodies on the line, when these dudes all the stuff that's going around CT and concussions, and you're mad at me for saying that the NFL players are putting their bodies on the line? That dude can't be an athlete. Well, this, this was actually a woman who said that. but the, That woman can't be an athlete, though. I don't believe she was. No. Like, look, come on. I was so disgusted with the level of stupidity, <laughs> honestly, and the just siding with the owners. Where I'm like, I can't believe that y'all— I under, Why don't y'all just be honest? You're salty the dude didn't choose the Steelers. And, and Steelers probably, fans aren't used to that. But people, and this is another reason why they probably side with ownership. They're just salty with players in general. They're just salty that players have gotten to a certain point, especially in minority-driven sports. Salty that players got to a certain point, got to a bag. They feel like they're smarter than players. You know what I mean? Because they feel like all 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 athletes are dumb jocks. They're not. Because if you were smart, if you were smart as Le'Veon Bell, you would understand the value of protecting your body exactly. and trying to get as much guaranteed money as you can. And one last tip, because I know we got to wrap. But this is not Le'Veon Bell related, but this is definitely NFL related. Uh-oh. So Adam Schefter tweeted this earlier today. I don't know if you saw this, but former Bills quarterback JP Lossman. Yeah, JP Lossman. Now thirty-eight-year-old offensive coach at Clemson. They had a pro day. Wide receivers and defensive backs are working out. He was a thrower, you know, just working them out, trying uh-huh. to get them loose or whatever the case may be with NFL scouts there. A team actually asked him if he had interest in coming back to play in the NFL. He declined, and he hasn't played a game since he was 30 years old, eight years ago. And some of y'all think, and some of y'all think Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a contract in the league because he, he's not good enough. I actually tweeted a, of, uh, a gif of Colin Kaepernick at Adam Schefter. Uh after he yeah. tweeted that, I don't have anything to say. I don't have nothing more to say in, on anything about this except for the people that believe that are idiots. Um, we saw, uh, was it the, the, the Peterman? We saw all these other <laughs> trash quarterbacks, uh, Mark Sanchez. All these other dudes still getting opportunities in the league. So let me give you. I'm J- not surprised. Let me give you J.P. Lossman's career stats, right? And he was a, he was the fourth first round. He was the fourth quarterback in that first round, yep. the same first round yep. as Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. 
Oh, I guess they might be all Hall of Famers. But his career, he threw for 6,000 yards. He was a backup for most of seven seasons, 39, 33 touchdowns, 34 interceptions. And he started for the Bills one whole season. And somebody offered him a job seeing him throw at a pro day. They were curious. They were like, hey, would you, would you be interested in coming back? Why but is that even a question? Eight years ago, and he was never that good. He was a backup. He was a career backup. Y'all, y'all don't love the players, but y'all love certain players. That's all, what we know. All Colin Kaepernick got to say is like, look, look. You don't need to say anything anymore. Fam, like, we know. For those still out arguing, then look. Once once that settlement came down, for those people arguing that point, we've you've seen those people very. They're nowhere. They're very silent. But we all, like I said, we know that the people don't love the players. All right. Sorry for the lack of sex jokes, guys. But episode sixty nine. <laughs> now we have. Uh, <laughs> we're doing numbers. Let's see what we got. We have Gronk. For that's his uh his thing. He always makes sixty nine jokes uh, all the time. N- hell no. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be up for that, but I just no. had to try. Uh Jared Allen, the football player. Oh. Huh? Good, good sack artist. Yeah, he's he gets consideration. Mark Slareth. No. Jordan Gross. No. Jason Fabini. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Nah. <laughs> no. Bronson Arroyo, who apparently wore sixty nine for who? The Cardinals? No, the uh, Pittsburgh. Um, oh, Pirates! Pirates, yeah. Ah, I was no. going to call them the Penguins. No, and Larry Holmes, sixty nine wins ah, in his boxing career. Sat, did it? Did a sit down interview with Larry Holmes years ago? Really? Huh? No. Well, helped help produce shoot it for another company I worked for. Um, he's a very funny, cool dude, man. And he was a great underrated yes, boxer because he was in the middle of Ali and Mike Tyson. He was uh, this in that is tough. Era. I generally don't like. I generally don't like. What's the sixty nine for? His wins, career wins. wins? He was sixty nine and six in his pro career. I Jared Allen. Months. I like. Yo, man, we gotta go with Larry Holmes. Yeah, <laughs> finally got a, a boxer on there. Yeah, we gotta go with Larry Holmes. <laughs> Right, yeah, Larry Holmes is a cool dude, man. He, he, episode 69. Yeah. Remember, if some of you fans got to chill. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, fans got to chill. So I started giving the players a little bit more love. All right, that's it for episode 69 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Please remember, uh, leave us uh, some comments and reviews on any platform that you listen to the podcast on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Also, subscribe. As always, you can support us on Patreon. Yep. You can support us on Public by buying some gear. You know, you can get, get that shirt. Little mug that we got right here. You can do you can do all that. Uh support us. We'll have some more great episodes. Uh next episode coming up, we will have our first uh woman guest for Women's History Month. We got a lot of women coming through this month to be guests and come and kick it with us. So we'll have that. So stay tuned to that. Um that's it. And if you want certain guests on the show, let tweet, us know. Yes. Tweet, tweet them. It. Tweet them, not us. Yes. Because they can make that happen. They can make that happen. <laughs> or you can tweet us both. No, and, you can tweet us both. Yes. But I'm saying, like, look, because I get, oh, why don't you get this person? Why don't you get this net player? Why don't you get yeah. demand it from them? Yes. Okay. Tell, tell them they need to come. Because trust here. me, I'll take them. Yes. But most know. times when we tell people they need to come up here, they come up here. Eventually. They do. Some some <laughs> a lot harder than others. It's it's all good. I'm not gonna name names, but you know. It's a, it's all Brian will drag them in here. All right, that that's it for episode sixty nine, the Larry Holmes episode for Brian Fonseca. I can almost messed up your name. That's fine. Brian Fonseca. I've heard worse. <laughs> it's next to Harry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.